0: This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City.
1: Good news in shoes.
0: This is Dave Freeland, your host on Sounds of Joy, inviting you to listen Sunday mornings at 6 on WCNO-FM.
3: Our products can be seen at accessabledesigns.com, as well as my personal life story. I look forward to hearing from you. For more information, you can contact us at 877-853-7816. That number again is 877-853-7816.
4: The Revealing Truth radio broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21 All Professional for their underwriting support. I'm calling Ed Myers today. Maybe you could come to my housewarming party soon. I'll be there.
0: Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Bondgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you.
2: Listen, if you're watching the political season begin to play out right now, all you see is a bunch of people saying whatever they need to say that they think will resonate with the group of people they're trying to attract, to get to who they're trying to attract to vote for them so they can get the position that they're running for. Amen? And, and the church will usually, if you're a Christian, you'll try to get behind the candidate and, and that, that you think is going to represent your values the most and support them and, and hope that, that they do what they say. I mean, no, that ain't often the case. We put our hope in people sometimes when we need to be putting our hope in the Lord. Amen. No, you haven't heard me today. We need to put our hope in the Lord. Come on, huh? I think everybody in here ought to just throw their hat in the ring and run for president. Then we can all get on TV and say whatever we want to. Let's just all run. The whole truth church is running for president of the United States of America. We might do a better job than all them people up there in Washington, D.C. You never know. But the truth is, is we have no shortage of politicians who will get on TV. They'll quote scriptures. They'll make moral declarations. They'll try to get votes from people like you and me who are Christians, who are evangelicals, who love Jesus in this country. And when they get elected into office, very seldom do they do what they say they were going to do. On both sides of the aisle or in the middle of the aisle. That seems to be the case. Amen? Hmm? And for the Republicans, it's always the terrible Democrats. And for the Democrats, it's always the terrible Republicans. But the truth is, is the culture is in a tailspin. And the Republican Party is not the answer. The Democratic Party is not the answer. The Lord Jesus Christ is the answer. He's the answer. I believe the church has got to come to a place where we quit putting our hope in whoever's running for president and we start putting our hope and our confidence in the call of God that he's put on our life, that we live by the assignment that he's placed over us and believe that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and repent of their wicked ways, he will turn his head toward them and lift them up and restore the land. That's what I think. Amen. That's how he does that. He forgives us. He heals us. He touches us when we begin to focus on what we're supposed to be doing in the kingdom and we give him our heart. Do you believe that today? Amen? Mm. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we are on a mission to move the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're here today, it's because you got an assignment on your life to move it. Because I got to move it, move it. Huh? Every time I start feeling negative about something going on in the body of Christ, I hear them penguins in my head. You got to move it, move it. It's my little it's my little gut check. Huh? Am I the only one that just thinks that way? Here's the truth. We are not called to demonize or despise our political opponents. We're not called to put down the people that we think don't agree with us. We've been called to heal the sick. We've been called to mend the brokenhearted. We've been called to preach the good news. We've been called to reach out and love a neighbor that's unlovable. We've been called to help somebody that's down and out, to lift them up and help them get their feet on solid ground. We've been called to show somebody that God made a way for them that's better than any other way. Do you believe that? Oh, come on, I wish somebody would shout. It seems like in the body of Christ that anybody that disagrees with us, we turn them into an enemy or we demonize them so that we can justify what it is that we stand for. Hmm? You are not on this planet to make enemies. Come on, do you believe that? You're not on this planet to demoralize anybody, to put anybody down, to shake anybody down, to tell them how wrong they are and how right you are. huh? You are here to be on a mission to break the yoke of the enemy off of the back of the people that need God's love. You're on a mission from God to break the author of confusion off of people's minds. Come on, somebody, amen. Amen. To see them that are captive set free and made whole, strongholds of darkness broke. Come on, how many know there's a lot of people out in the world today with a stronghold operating in their life? You want to get somebody thinking right, then you got to give them something right to think about. And it's got to be motivated by the love of God. Mm. So here's the facts. We're going to have to deal with a world that my grandparents never lived in. Come on now. We're going to have to deal with a world that my grandparents never lived in. And we are going we're living in a world that your grandchildren will never live in. Because it's shifting. Paul says this to Timothy in chapter 5. He says, Timothy, the days in which you are living can best be described as perilous times. Everybody say perilous times. That word perilous literally means this it means dangerous, risky, hard to bear. The days are going to be fierce, it's going to be harsh. In other words, if you're a Christian, the world you live in is going to get harder the challenge to follow God and be obedient to God and live the principles that He set in front of you are going to be difficult to achieve because the environment that's around you is contrary to the Christian life that you are living. We see the shift beginning to take place right now. Amen? Mm -hmm. Listen, there's there's coming a time where we're going to find out who tithes because they love Jesus and who tithes because they need a tax credit. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. No, yeah. let me just prophesy for you today. It's coming. Amen. We're going to find out which churches will keep doing building programs when the United States government takes away the IRS tax deductible property tax that churches enjoy today and churches got to start paying property tax. We're going to find out which churches are really called to God and going to keep on building. Come on, somebody. Amen. You say, come on, pastor. That's not going to happen. No, you need to understand something. It's going to happen. It's coming. Come on, it's, it's probably coming in this generation, but most likely in the next, amen? Trust me, it's coming. Things are shifting. Society is becoming secularized, amen? That's what's going on here today. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, there's really no other nation in the world except for America and Canada and a couple small nations that give tax exempt for property tax anywhere else in the world. All the churches in Europe pay property tax on their buildings. Come on, help me, Amen? They just do it. They just build the church and 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 do what God told them to do because it's part of the gospel. Come on, somebody, I'm gonna challenge you. I'm gonna challenge you this morning. So the question is: Is what do you do when you live in a post Christian America? Ah, come on, Pastor Jason. Do you really think we're going to be a post Christian America? Yes, you better hear me. We're on our way. It's coming. Somebody shout, it's coming. If you don't think we're going to be living in a post-Christian America, you're not paying attention to what's going on around us. Come on, religious freedom, Christian, the Christian way is slipping away. Hmm? It's coming, amen? This nation is quickly moving towards secularization. Do you know there's more people graduating from high school today with a secular mindset than people graduating from high school today with a Christian worldview? They don't even know what it's like to have a Christian worldview. They don't even know what it's like to have good, basic Christian morals. Huh? Mm? So here's the question. What do you do when you find yourself living in a world that does not honor the God that you serve? Paul says to Timothy, it's going to be perilous. It's going to be harsh. It's going to be fierce. Mm? He said, I'm getting ready to check out of this mess. I'm getting ready to die. I'm on my way out of here. But Timothy, it's going to get worse for you. It's not getting better for you. And listen, he didn't tell Timothy that so Timothy would run out into the woods and build a bunker and hide underground in isolation so he could try to survive how bad it was going to get. He told Timothy that so Timothy could prepare for how bad it's going to get so that Timothy could get in faith and still live the assignment of God that's on his life and accomplish what God sent him to do in the perilous times. Not so he could just go check out and pretend like it ain't happened, stick his head in his hand, you know, and get a year's supplies of Bush's baked beans. Just hide out and wait till it's all over. That's really the mentality we got a lot of folks in church today. We're just waiting for it all to be over. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Mm? Well, what are you doing? What are you doing to change things? Amen? Mm? So Paul didn't tell Timothy to stop doing what he was doing. He didn't tell him that so he would stop. He told him that so he could get ready, so he could make adjustments, so that he could could continue to do what he was doing. Timothy, don't withdraw from the world. But you need to know this is how bad it's going to get in the world so you can make a strategy so that you can still do what God called you to do. Come on, amen? And see, that's what God's doing with His church today in this world that we live in. That's what He's doing with Truth Church. He's preparing us to make a major impact in this community. He's preparing us to make a major impact in, on the Treasure Coast, in the state of Florida, in the world that we live in. Oh, I wonder if I got anybody that believes that. Do I got anybody that believes that? See, that's what God's doing with us. That's what He's doing with us. Amen? He wants to move in our life so that we can live the mission that's on our life. And Paul writes to Timothy and he says this to him. He says, I'm writing to you and I'm telling you, you've got a legacy of faith. And this is, what, this is what I want to talk to you about today. This is what I'm getting into, verse number six. He said that if you're going to live the audacious life, if you're going to live the fearless life, then this is how you have to do it, Timothy. You've got to renew your passion daily. Come on, say that with me. you got to renew your passion daily. He said it like this. Timothy, you got to stir up the gift of God that's in you. Come on, let's say it together. Stir up the gift of God that's in you. Somebody shout it. Stir it up. Stir it up. Mm. Paul was saying this. Timothy, everybody has had a deposit that's been made in their life. God has put something in each and every one of you in this room today. Mm? Everybody inside this building, God has made a deposit in you. And the first thing that he has put in you is this. Purpose. Somebody say purpose. In other words, God is the one that gave you a reason for existing. Without God, there ain't no reason for you to be here. Come on, amen. He created, and the result of His creation, was the result of Him creating was His creation, which is you. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's us. Come on, look at somebody and say, that's you. You are God's creation. And He put purpose in each and every one of us. How many of you realize today that that, that's another word for potential? He put potential on the inside of you. Listen, you might be the most brilliant person on your street, but how many of you know you didn't achieve that on your own? God did that for you, amen? God put in you the ability that you have, the abilities that you use today when you're living your life. God put those in you. He put potential in you. It's part of how you're created. It's part of your makeup. And listen, it's a gift. Somebody say, it's a gift. Mm. Your potential is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. No, you didn't hear me, Amen. Because God makes a deposit in your life, and when those deposits are made, and when those deposits are made in us, then we have the responsibility to renew those gifts in our life—the ones that He put in us. Somebody say, "I got to renew it. I got to stir it up." Hmm? Because watch this: the purpose that He put in us are the keys to our passion. Hmm. The purpose that he puts in us is the keys to our passion. Hmm? Somebody say passion. passion. I mean, you can't be passionate about something for a long time if you ain't got no desire for it. Come on, amen? You have to have a desire for the stuff. You have to have a desire for it on the inside of you. You can't get, ex- you can't get excited about something for a few days, but it won't stay there if you don't have a passion for it. you got to have a passion for it. you got to be passionate about it, Amen? Can I just tell you what my passion is? I got a passion to see this community experience Jesus Christ like never before. I got a passion to see this church grow. I got a passion to see the school grow. I got a passion to build buildings and buy lands and shake the Treasure Coast for the glory of God. I'm passionate about it. Come on, somebody. Amen. I got a passion to see marriages healed, to see families healed, to see minds set free, to see captives made free, to see people flow in peace, to see people flow in love and joy and people not to be tormented by the enemy and people not to be taken advantage of by addiction and taken out by circumstances and and run over by the enemy of their life. I got a passion to see people walk in liberty. Somebody shout, I got a passion. And we're going to do that by empowering. We're going to do that by preaching. We're going to do that by teaching, by discipling, by raising up this next generation to take a stand for the things of God. That's what we're passionate about. I refuse to relegate the fact that this next generation ain't going to make an impact in the world. I believe that with the power of the Holy Ghost, the kids that we're raising up in this next generation will shake the foundation of this world. The kids that society today says ain't got no hope, ain't got no fathers, ain't got no responsibility, don't care about about life they think life is cheap they don't care about people I'm here to tell you today that God wants to do something in this next generation that the world ain't never seen before and he wants you and I to equip them to teach them to love them to impart to them that's what I'm passionate about oh I wonder if I got anybody in here that's passionate come on somebody Mm. you know it's been said that the cemetery is really the wealthiest place in the world The place of the most unrealized potential. Businesses in the cemetery that were never built. Ministries in the cemetery that were never launched. Songs in the cemetery that were never written. Music in the cemetery that was never played. Unrealized potential. Mm. And the reason none of that stuff ever got done is because somewhere in life, life come along and sucked the passion out of whoever it was that had the dream. I mean, a life will suck the passion out of you if you're not careful. Huh? When it sucks the passion out of you, then the dream dies. We lose hope. Hmm? And it wasn't because they didn't have a deposit in them. It wasn't because God didn't put a purpose in them or potential in them. It's because they didn't fan the flame of what it was that God deposited in them. They let the fire go out. Some of you had to fan the flame. Hmm? So what is it that kills passion? What is it that kills passion? What is it that causes the gift in us to die? Mm? I'm going to give you a few things. Number one, it's when we let precious things become familiar. It's when we let precious things become familiar. Mm. I mean, if you don't fan the flame of your passion in your marriage, then you'll just have familiarity. Familiarity with the person that you're married to, and you might get to know your spouse a little bit better, but instead of loving and appreciating your spouse, you'll end up taking them for granted. Come on, men. You got to be careful not to take your wife for granted. We do it and don't even know we do it because we don't relate well to the opposite sex. They feel taken for granted of half the time, and we don't even know it. Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen? Ain't nobody wanting to shout now. It's all the men. They're going, that's not me. i just. Doing a little, doing a little slant eye to their wife. Not me, baby. Not me. No, it's you. It's you. Listen, in my own marriage, it becomes easy for me to take Kim for granted when I let my passion for her die down. And I let my expectation of her outweigh my passion. Mm. Come on, amen. We're getting ready to have a come to Jesus moment. I feel it. <laughs> you cannot let precious things become so familiar that you take them for granted. How I many remember the first time you ever came into a worship service and you experienced the presence of God for the first time? I mean, you got chills and everybody was singing and the lights. and Oh, I feel the whole excited. Jesus. I just... Jesus. Don't even got words. Come on, amen? 20 years later, you walk in, and you walk in, you sit on the back row and go, I thought I showed up late enough to miss the last song. Dad gummit. Is that too much truth right there? Is that just too much truth? (laughs) There was a time when I used to go to church, and most of the church was there 15 minutes early before church ever started. And five or six hundred people were gathered around the altar weeping as the worship team rehearsed. Passion. By the time the pastor got ready to get up to kick the service off, half the church was already had something supernatural happen in their life before he ever even did the first worship song. Come on. Let me know what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. In other words, they came in and didn't sing themselves into His presence, they just walked in into the presence of the Lord. Come in with an expectation.
0: Thank you for joining us today for The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner.
4: What's Ed Myers' number? 772 342 0047. What's that again? 772 342 0047. I'm calling Ed Myers today. Maybe you could come to my housewarming party soon. I'll be there.
3: Our products can be seen at accessabledesigns.com, as well as my personal life story. I look forward to hearing from you. For more information, you can contact us at 877-853-7816. That number again is 877-853-7816.
4: Ignite Your World Ministries, Truth Church, and all its affiliate ministries Thanks, Destiny Network and Bishop Tony Miller. Destiny Network International exists to serve pastors, local churches, and ministry leaders that make up Destiny Network International. For more information on joining the Destiny Network, go to www.destinynetwork.org.